There you go. Recording oh, is on. Is, is being recorded. Nice. <laughs> let's let's start from scratch. Week thirteen since the day of uh, first quarantine, and uh, was kind of hearing voices in my head, right? That you know what life's all about, you know, and kind of give me a reason to. Uh, to kind of ponder on, you know, on what's next. Anyway, so uh, thank you, Dimitri Levitt, CEO of Cento and founder of Cento Ventures in Singapore. Dimitri, share with me why you end up in this part of the world. Um, tough dependency more than anything else. Uh, I came by Singapore in 2015 to do my INSEAD MBA. And there is a little bit of backstory to this, which is ever since mm -hmm. 2001, 2002, which was a year of interesting political commotion in Russia. I was thinking, and I'm Russian originally from the fine city of St. Petersburg. I was thinking of maybe spending mm -hmm. next 10, 15, 20 years of my life abroad. And everybody in my generation was going west. Mm -hmm depending on the ambition, as close west as Switzerland or as far west as New York. So I thought I would go east. And you're going south? Well, south, south and east, whichever way you define it. And um, INSEAD <laughs> at the time was heavily advertising the MBA program in France. And then a quiet little small font six in the corner somewhere mentioned that they have a campus in uh, Singapore, a newly built campus that was not yet then popular with student body. So I thought, in for a penny and for a pound, why don't I just take on 10 months there and see what's what. And then I think somewhere in the machinery of Singapore government, they made a mistake and forgot to send me a note saying, get out of here. So I've been here for 15 years now. <laughs> you, you, so you've been here for uh, 15 years, huh? Well, it was July 2005 right. when I landed. And when did you come back to Indonesia from your right. adventures in Oregon and California? Twenty oh four, twenty oh four, early and back in January. I lived there since ninety three, so um, it was it was quite a culture shock for me to repatriate, even you know, back in the day because uh, you know I was born you know like like yourself you you were born in a, in a USSR, I was born in a new order of indonesia much like a police state you know we we don't have i don't i don't think we we have much to complain uh but again our freedom of speech and everything else was limited pretty much uh, and during the the reformation era 98 i i was actually away i was in uh, um i still live in oregon uh, back in 98 do you know what to expect back home but only if, you know, when, when I finally returned to Indonesia, to Jakarta, I was like really like surprised, you know, with the, all the excitement that it was, you know, that, you know, the country is rebuilding. Um, and there's a lot of changes in the, in the makeup of the society, you know. Mm. And, um, you know, it was, it was, it was quite a, an experience going home. And how old were you when you left Jakarta for the United States? Ooh, I was 17, bro. Ah, I was okay. 17. 
17 so and, uh, you know, still so you know would how, not be how fair old to I call was. you would not be fair to call you american indonesian through and through no 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 i i i wasn't even uh, uh immersed you know with uh with the accent and all you know kind of kind of want to keep my accent because it's 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 quite a um, you know it's quite I'm not say I'm I'm gonna say sexy, but it was quite unique, you know. So in, when when some American friends of mine ask me where are you from, Indonesia, oh, what part of China is that, right? Um, but <laughs> don't yeah, ever but hold was, back uh, on sexy. You do you. <laughs> but you know, Russian accent is 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 the sexiest of all, right? <laughs> Uh, you would joke about that, but apparently some horrible tabloids in London... It wasn't a joke, my friend. Well, mm. I'm telling you, uh, a place of extremely high concentration of my compatriots, London, I think was so annoyed with them. Oh. There was even a little poll in some tabloid yellow newspaper on what are the sexiest accents on earth. And I think Saudis beat Russians because I think it was directly correlated to the amount of money spent on uh, real estate. Um, so I would not take the research outcomes there no. um, close to heart. And I think the winning accent was an accent of some footballer. So who knows? Let's ask girls on your next podcast. <laughs> right, 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 right. All right, cool. So uh, were you always doing FISI? In this part of the world, because I remember, I remember I saw you back in uh, 20, uh, 2011, 2011, taking Asia Jakarta, and you were wearing you you were wearing full suit back in the day, uh, and then you know I we we thought you were one of the rocket uh, guys, and um, but yeah, were you always doing VC even back in the day? Hang on a second, was there even a rocket in two thousand eleven? I thought they started showing up in the thousands in 12, 13. Okay. Um, yeah, I lost my no, job no, there was, yeah. thereafter. Yeah. I, I am afraid the answer is yes. So right after my graduation, by mistake, most likely, uh, Yahoo Southeast Asia hired me as the business development guy. Because who do you hire to do business mm -hmm. dev in Southeast Asia? A fresh off the boat Russian, of course. But I think at the time, <laughs> our priority market was Vietnam. And our management was under slightly misbegotten impression that the Vietnamese like Russians, which is correct, but 20 years out of date. Um, and after two years there and having a lot of fun and um, making a little bit of effort to help Indonesian ecosystem too, Casco's partnership, corporal acquisition, I ended up in um, IDG Ventures Vietnam and since then have been on the least useful part of the spectrum, which is VC, VC, VC. What year was that? Uh, 2000, I'm going to say eight, late eight, early nine. That's when I made the switch. Right. 2009 was the, uh, the, the year uh, Yahoo uh, acquired uh, Copral, eh? That's right. I think it happened just before I left. Uh, the indomitable uh, Michael Smith and his buddies in Sunnywell. <laughs> yeah, actually, the, the, the corporal guys were, uh, they were uh, high school friends of mine, too. You know, we, it was uh, good on we, them. We grew up. The, uh, yeah, yeah. I still remember yeah, the press coverage. Yahoo acquires Foursquare of Asia. 
that 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 did not age well. <laughs> and uh, and Jarum acquired uh, Cascus too, right? Yeah, back in the day, 2009. 2009-2009. It was about was the same after, time. Right? Yeah, I was preparing. Yeah, I was preparing my my own fund. 2010. Remember that? Yeah, it was actually 2010 right. when the supernova lit. A pretty inspiring deal that for a while was actually the guiding light for all of Southeast Asia. Detic, if you remember, acquisition for 60 mil. I remember that, deal. Yes. Yeah, yes. and that was for yeah. a while one of the biggest reference transactions for Southeast Asia. So Indonesia came and became visible rather early, way earlier than whole Tokopedia SoftBank 2014. Did you always want to be an investor growing up? never even thought of becoming one as i was despite my education as a business guy um never quite thought kindly of finance and people who do finance always found certain mobility in people who actually do things or build things or manage things only lost this arrogance maybe towards 2009 2010 when i realized finance is just another slightly dodgier way of getting things done but my sequence of priorities was always um, do, and if you cannot help others, and if you cannot, then invest into others. Um, I guess, yeah, went to the lowest common denominator after all. Is it about helping though? I mean, um, you know, the, 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 way, the way you look, you know, at our industry, do, do, you, do you always feel like helping or do you always feel like, you know, make, you can make profit out of, um, you know, out of this, 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 this emerging uh, uh, sector, you know, just the, the, you know, the, 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 the digital startups and, and, and whatnot. Do you, do you always feel, you know? Emotionally, yes. That way. Uh, the longer I get in, the hmm. further I get into this industry, the more I realize that incentives uh, between entrepreneurs and uh, investors are fundamentally misaligned. So if you only do what the dollar signs tell you to do, being helpful is consigned to your tweets. But emotionally, it's quite grating to just be a money-grabbing investor. So I still hold some hope that I as a person and we as a team um, are primarily here in this industry, in this region, uh, to be helpful and to help entrepreneurs build better companies. Um, and we put that on equal standing with money making. But experience suggests that eventually it's down to each personality. Some people can hold these two things together at one level. Some just cannot. I struggle with that myself every now and again. Wow, right. Okay. Um, <laughs> you know, you know, I, you know, I heard people, you know, they, you know, talking about their retirements, they want to go, you know, all around the world and whatnot, right? In their 50s and 60s. Uh, now that travel is changed forever. Uh, travel is not going to be easy anymore in the next, what, three, five years? I heard that there's going to be a, a rapid test uh, implemented in every uh, borders, on, in every uh, 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 airports. Are you one of those guys that thinking about retiring by traveling around the world and, and you know, want to see parts of the world that you've never seen before. Is it still relevant right now? Hmm. 
Well, let me parse it. Or, maybe or have you questions. even given a thought about? Yeah. Or um, have you even? Or have you even given a thought about retirement yet? That's what I was going to start with. I mean, we are talking on a Saturday night and we are drinking some alcohol, so it's excusable to feel slightly tired. But scratch that. I it don't is, think I'm is, even yes. close to thinking <laughs> retirement. I hope at least another two professional lives are ahead of me. And when I finally do retire, I think the last thing I'll want to do when I do that would be travel. It will be a very large stockpile of whiskey in a very remote location from which I do not expect to move. <laughs> but until then, um, yeah, okay. Travel gets a little bit more friction and um, airplanes will become even less pleasant experience, at least the commercial ones. But hey, what's new? It's not like it's been very pleasant to travel in the last 10 years. What's with low costers and their relentless attempts to make you even more uncomfortable every flight. So, you know, people taking sample of your blood. It's just another small inconvenience next to people trying to overcharge you for extra 10 kilos of electronics in your bag. Misery is endless, my friend. You know, even the idea. Even the idea. So how, how, how are you, uh, um, you know, quarantined in Singapore? Uh, you know, without the quarantine itself, Singapore can be uh, pretty boring. <laughs> I'm not what going to now? say anything about Singapore while I'm in Singapore jurisdiction. That's one of my hard <laughs> rules. Ask me about Singapore when I'm safely in Jakarta. Uh, but I'm counting my blessings. Uh, this is one of the safest and most comfortable places to live at the best of times. And the government is technocratic and well-meaning and competent and doesn't go overboard for political reasons because it's a one-party state. So um, it's like living in one big hospital, slightly quiet and spooky, but very efficient. So, so far so good. And I've never been this productive in my life, I think, yeah. as I was in the last three months. How about you? Oh, is that What's so? quarantine in Jakarta like? And past quarantine and before quarantine, tell me, I would love to know. Oh. Well, the quarantine is, 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 is pretty much less, uh, uh, less restrictions because I don't think uh, you can control 20 million people living in Jakarta or, or you know, the greater Jakarta. Uh, so um, I think we kind of took it easy. People are still travel. I mean, Gojek is still around, you know. Uh, the police might give us a ticket if, if we don't, you know, wear a mask. Uh, if, if they saw us not wearing masks inside the car. But, you know, and uh, clearly public gatherings and, and, and clubs are closed down. But, you know, the work from home idea was, uh, was not really, you know, 100% work from home. Um, you, can, you can always go to office and the office is pretty much open. Uh, what we do uh, in, in our office would be, so we rotate, you know, three, five, three to five peoples that can only be inside the office. So, um, so to, 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 to us, it was, it was pretty easy. It was pretty easy. Uh, what's not easy, let me tell you, is the, uh, the weekends, right? I mean, the weekends is the time when you uh, talk to friends and uh, have a chit chat, you know, you know, something like this, but, you know. <laughs> done properly face to face, drinking with, you know, cheering and whatnot. But um, exactly, um, you know, so I've been spending the last 13, 14 week 
of my weekend at home, you know, writing songs and whatnot. Mm, yeah. Bad songs. Oh, now you're telling um, me. Not quality songs. Are you a songs. songwriter? No, 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 no. This is not going to go away, my friend. I, I never knew amateurishly, that. Amateurishly, amateurishly, yeah. Amateurishly, yes. I was growing up a hippie too, you know, um, kind of hippie wannabe. Um, you know, I listened a lot to John Lennon and and and, and uh, Bob Dylan, so I, I'm I'm fascinated into you know lyrics and whatnot. But um, in this past couple of months, uh, you know, I've been hearing voices in my head, something like you know, something like you know, rethinking of what's next. You know, thinking about your mortality and uh, because you know, I don't know about you, but in 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 my circle, there's a plenty of stories. Um, of you know their families got contracted by the busted by this virus and, and quite deadly too you know and I was um, you know when you are bombarded by all these stories about this virus can uh, you know but you know this is new reality um, you know one of their parents uh, died because of the COVID one of their uh, cousins died because of COVID you know life from a different perspective right now and I'm kind of more you know if anything else Plus this 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 quarantine life, it's bring me more, you know, calm calmness in me. Interesting. So how about I you? Hear I hear mean, you. You 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 no, are you're locked down. You are locked down there. You know, uh, is it kind of kind of give you the same uh, uh, idea of uh, you know, life, more or less? Um, I'd say. I'm generally not a very cheerful guy, so it takes a lot of misery out there to uh, to get me down because it's kind of my normal state. I <laughs> commiserate. I commiserate heavily. I have several communities of friends and people close to me in all sorts of different geographies, and Russia is suffering, even though it may not be visible in the press because you know slightly crazy government and meddling with numbers and quite a few friends in Southeast Asia in various dire straits. Uh, somebody because their business is out, somebody because they're just not well off financially because they don't have a job. And yes, quite a few deaths here and there. But when you operate in emerging markets and when you're attuned to what your friends are up to, it's kind of almost the same background even before COVID. Something is always not right somewhere. So psychologically one just has to be prepared for that and uh, power through and help out when one can so now i wouldn't say that this period had me reconsider anything dramatic but you know middle life crisis it tends to kick in when you least expect it so check in with me every couple of weeks i'll keep you posted <laughs> fair enough <laughs> right so uh yeah i mean uh you know um were you always, are, are you, do you consider yourself a, in, an introverted guy or an extroverted guy? Myers-Briggs test can never make up its mind. I keep popping up on one or the other side of the average. My own self-perception is very much an introvert. If I must be social, yeah. I would for about five minutes and then I burn out and get exhausted and need to crawl back into my shell. Don't tell anyone. <laughs> Your secret safe with me, bro. <laughs> right. Oh yeah. How many? How, how many minutes we have now? 
Um, whew, I, I don't this is the one thing that Zoom doesn't show me. Hang on a second. Oh, right. I actually have no idea. But that's um, but by, I guess we by have, the um, feeling of it, 10, 12. 10, 12 minutes? Yeah, we've, really? Yeah. That's all? I thought it was like an hour already. Oh, uh, no, it's because huh? you're doing all the work asking questions. If you want, I can turn tables, ask you a few. Why not? This is a dialogue, more or less. Yeah. So look, um, I right. know you as a, I know as you as a builder of corporate VCs, and to that I salute because it's a pretty hopeless undertaking. I know that, and nevertheless, how power through, and they will make money. This, but this is pretty crazy. That, yeah, I mean, I will, I will not go further because it will make it awkward for you at your workplace. But just like founders and investors, invest incentives don't align. Corporates and VCs don't align too well, and you and I both know this. Even though at bigger conferences, we'll say different. Uh, but before all of that, before MDI, before Telcom, how did you even come up with the idea of setting up a fund, a five mil fund for Indonesia in 2010? I mean. What could have possibly inspired you to do that? That was crazy stuff to do. It was crazy, huh? You know, actually, it was, uh, it was an accident, too. Uh, quite a pretty, um, you know. Uh, well, here's the story. Here's the story that, that not many people, uh, 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 um, you know, I, I share with many people. But I was, uh, back in 2009, I was, um, I was invited by this startup. I don't know if you know. But I'm not going to say the name, but this guy claimed to build Google in Bahasa, Indonesia. I don't know. I don't know if you heard of this guy. I may have even listened to his um, speech. I remember one or two of those back in the day. Did he also uh, uh, claim that all his search results are aligned with Islamic religion? Uh, no, not that one. Not that one. Not that one. Okay. Okay, it started with an S, this company. Wouldn't you know, I, I don't know if I can say it, but um, huh? don't, oh. don't. Let's protect so we're gonna bleep it anyway. So we're gonna bleep it anyway. So we're gonna bleep it anyway. So uh, uh, it's called SIT, S I T T I. Oh, Andy Sharif, of course, I remember him fondly. Andy, oh, <laughs> Andy Sharif, gonna bleep this anyway. So anyway, um, so. Andy has been, uh, you know, he's, he's, he's been a, uh, uh, a good friend of mine. Um, and he's, uh, he's nowhere to be found right now. Um, but here's the story. Uh, he asked me to, to fundraise for him. That's the, that's the initial story for his company. Uh, and I guess, you know, some of the guys that's still around today they were part of this startup, you know, one way or another. Um, and I know some one. of the uh, LPs, <laughs> the CFO, yeah, <laughs> the CFO. And then uh, just about that time, bro, when I, so I was, um, so I was, I was working for, uh, for Indofood back in the day, 20, 2004 to 2009. Uh, so, I was, uh, I was part of their M&A arm. So I kind of know angel investors, one or two. So uh, here's the deal. So I was pitching for this guy and I kind of found, you know, a 5 million for, for him, for, for the company. 
at the same time, at the same time, the company is in trouble. Of course, with this guy, always, you know, you know, every day is a new day. You know, there's, there's no dull moment with uh, Mr. Um, and then uh, there, was, there was like a red flag because uh, one of the partners was like, you know, feel cheated and whatnot. So, uh, and he came to me, he said, don't give the money to him. The problem was that I was kind of already strike a deal with this angel investor for five mil. And then, uh, you know, when I told him that we're not going to invest in this company and he said, what? But the money is out already. So uh, what can you do now? So, I, you know, me and some, uh, some guys, William Gozali was there and Kenneth Lee was there too, you know, uh, the MDI uh, guys. And he said, why don't we create a fund, you know, uh, an early stage fund. With, with that, with, 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 with that money. So, uh, so that's the deal. Um, and then it, it reminds me voila, of the Wolf you know, of Wall Street. The, rest is the one thing you don't do in this business is you never, ever give money back. Perfect. I did not know this story. I did not know that this whole thing emerged from city, but this is so funny. Yeah. We should bleep the name of the company and all, but wow. Yes. How everything is intertwined. Yes. Yeah. This is amazing. Yeah. 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 I was, I was actually part of their founding team for, uh, not, 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 for, not for long though. I, I was part of their founding team for probably eight to nine months. And then I realized something was wrong. And I, uh, you know, and, you know, and I left. And um, yeah, <laughs> it was insane. That's, am that's amazing uh, that you and I, we haven't met because I think it yes. was about year 2010 that I was introduced to this crew. Mm. And I think yes. my initial reason was I was with Yahoo, so I was somewhat partial to performance uh, search advertisement, which was the big story of City at the time. And I knew how hard it was mm. for Overture and Google's firepower and no amount of government connections can help you. So I was actually trying to talk Andy and his gang out of this, but um, they were quite assured that with their ability to talk to everyone in Jakarta and secure the right connections and relationships, they would persevere. And, you know, never say never, stranger things have happened. Um, and I think I even tried to help them out a little bit with a few introductions in the advertising world to an extent I knew. And then fundraising for my first fund consumed me whole. And I think by middle of 2011, I may have lost track of the entire thing. Well, you're spared, my friend. <laughs> I don't know what happened there at the end of it. Maybe we should not be discussing it while recording this recording, but suffice it to say that somebody from the big media outlet <laughs> no. just a few months ago just pinged me asking me where is and I said, I have no idea. I haven't spoken to him for years and years and years. So something's afoot. You know what? We should do Oh, was more. that the lady? Uh, not, but somebody of equal stature. Somebody of equal stature. You know what we should do? And oh. this is happy to say it on the record. <laughs> I just came up with the concept for your podcasts. The hidden history of Southeast Asia. We just need to figure the out dark the protocol. History. The dark history. No, not necessarily dark. Some, some are quite bright and light things. 
but you know somehow have to figure out right. the environment in which right. you can get guests to tell you stories like this um and then bleep out all the identifiable parts and mix it a little bit with life priorities and this could be a very interesting product it's like they acquired mix meets malcolm gladwell you will be a superstar Not me, not me. I mean, I, I never want to be superstars. But anyway, that's a good idea, though, because, um, you know, I always believe there's some story on, you know, that there's some stories has, you know, has not been told. Uh, not many people. Stories. Yeah, no. there is story of Detic exit. Yeah, not many. There is story of Mitsui there. There is a story of Cascos acquisition. There is a story of Coprol and how Smitty came to acquire them. There is the beginnings of Gojek. Like, the entire history of Indonesia before SoftBank found it on the map is absolutely fascinating and nobody ever covers it because right now it's all Gojek Tokopedia Bukalapak, Gojek Tokopedia Bukalapak. You should really do some digging in 2010 to 2015. It's a fascinating period, man. Exactly. We should invite Andrew Dawes of, uh, of Kaskus and on this, you know. <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, and I yeah. will ask him. Oh. I will ask him a question. Because the yeah. first time I met him, let me yeah. tell you a story about Andrew. The first time I met him was at um, Lemeridi in Jakarta, a great place with a great shisha and great Lebanese restaurant. And I was still with IDG mm -hmm. Ventures Vietnam. It was way before my uh, setting up center. And we spoke and we talked about how community based on, uh, what was that, V Bulletin, um, slightly popular with people who follow sports and has a couple of promising threads with whatnot. And it was a nice little introductory chat. Mm. So I have a question for him now, 11 or 12 years later. How come the next day, Compass ran an article, IDG Ventures Vietnam is buying cascos? Because it was not me who gave the interview and there was an article. <laughs> oh, this is pre-Jarum. This is oh, pre Jarum, by, 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 you know, this is. Pac this is Martin wasn't yet right. in acquisitive mood. It was very much when they were still free agents and fundraising. So we should talk about that. <laughs> oh, wow. Wow. I, I did not know that. I did not know that. I didn't know, you know, I, I, I wasn't familiar with, with the pre Jarum uh, of, of Cascos. I, uh, I was too old anyway to, to hang out in Cascos, you know, so I didn't really use the, the platform. I remember yeah, them back should, when their domain should, still was .us, not cascos.com, but cascos.us or us. .us, .us, I remember. I remember .us. The .com came later, I guess, right? Yeah. yeah. Much later. But yeah, yeah. we should do that. We should, we, should, we should reformat this thing anyway, because, uh, you know, I'm not really a, you know, a, a, a showbiz guy. Well, you got to get, get Ario Ario Tejo too. I mean, he, the guy. <laughs> yes. Ario Ario Tejo, he's the guy. He's the main guy. Right? Maybe we should <laughs> get Andy from whichever bunker he hides in. But I'll tell you what. Ooh. There is absolutely no way to do a series of podcasts about digital history of Indonesia without Pak Abdul of Detik. Wherever he is hiding, need to drag him out into the limelight. That man has to tell his story. Who's that? If that's Who's that again? Pak Abdul, that again? the founder of Detic.com. Dude, I never heard of that guy. There you Abdul. go. 
Never heard of he it. He is a giant. So there are wow. basically two guys, Toto Sugiri of Sigma, for whom founders yeah, of Tokopedia once interned, and Pak Abdul, mm. who has built a gigantic portal and sold it for a lot of money while everybody was still in university. These are the two giants that I think are very elusive and do not like limelight at all, but one gotta get them to give a couple of interviews while they still remember. They are of such historic importance. Mm-hmm. Way before anything else happened, these guys wow. were there. Way before, way before us, way before us. I thought we'll, uh, we, I thought we are older, you know, we are old enough. No, 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 that's, that's a common uh, misconception, mm-hmm. I think guys who started career.com, Detic, or possibly Cascos, um, some of the guys behind Kapanlagi, even though it's a relatively more modern platform, and uh, maybe half a dozen more uh, from the older Chuvat days, Qvat, whatever way the pronunciation works. I think this lot can tell us about what was going on in 2001 through 2010. That's the pioneer generation. Then it's us. And then it's all the youngsters and unicorns. <laughs> Dimitri, how, how many companies have you, uh, have you invested so far? I think I mean, we've counted Beyond Cento, are you investing uh, in anything? No, I only have Cento in my life. My colleagues are allowed to make angel investments, but I am precluded by our charter. And so far in our entire history, we are at, I think, 20 or 21 investments all in total across the entire eight years of our existence. Right, and we, uh, and we share investment, one investment, yeah? We're fellow travelers in Coda, and uh, I think we Yeah, Coda Pay. And uh, where else might we have overlapped? I'm thinking about your MDI portfolio. I'm not yet thinking about your BRI portfolio. But we never really got to right. work with each other closely. And I can even tell you why. Right. Why is that? Um, our first visit to your office at MDI, it was, what's the name of this guy who started Hotel Quickly? David. Um, David? Anyway, there was a connection of common friends who connected you and me and Kenneth. And I came by your offices together with Che Shuang back in 2000, I think early 2016. You were very, very busy. You were running between two events. And I think I mostly spent time with your team. And they impressed it upon me that MDI team has very little interest in the world outside of Indonesia. And I should not bother them because we are all about the world outside of Indonesia, you know, Malaysia, Thailand, Vietnam. And so we kind of, didn't invest enough time and effort into the relationship. And that was so wrong because you guys ended up being all over the place, Singapore, Malaysia, whatever Koda is, I don't Israel. know which geography they belong to Israel. Yeah. So I hope we won't make the same mistake with yeah. you and BRI. <laughs> we, uh, I blame Kenneth we, anyway. We actually, no, the, the, the one, the, the one in Israel, we, we exited that company uh, late, late last year. Uh, Observe IT is the cybersecurity uh, uh, startup. We we quite made it, it was quite a good company and and and, and we we were happy with them. Um, you know, but yeah, MDI spread out into uh, uh, ten countries, even New Zealand. Hey, I know, right? So, 
I should have revisited you in 2017 to check, have you changed your mind? <laughs> I should have taken the first no for an answer. <laughs> At least MDI approach has always been 80% uh, outside of Indonesia and 20% Indonesia company uh, in the early days. I don't know if um, Kenneth or anyone else at MDI back then didn't tell you uh, our, um, mm. about our focus of uh, investment. As long as they're in a series B and, uh, and, and up, we, we, we really want to play um, mm. you know, in any geography they're in. Wow, I wish I knew it at the time, then we would have spent so much more time together in the last five years. But hopefully next five, we should. quarantines permitting. <laughs> and if it's not planes, right. man, I'm, right I'm, I'm, this, I'm this close to getting a boat for the firm because it's impossible to be a regional VC and be stuck in Singapore. Can you afford a boat right now? Or, you know? Well, a really small boat. And the really slow one, but eventually we'll get to Tech in Asia 2027. <laughs> right on. All right. So uh, I don't know. I don't know what else. What else to talk about? Mm. No. Oh, okay. Sure. Let's carry on. Yeah. If if we still have energy, I'm I'm cool. Um, I don't know. What would be of interest to the audience you have in mind? Because I don't actually know who you would want to know. have this podcast broadcast to. Is it hot in your in your in your place right now? No, because I, 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 just I see you like. Apologies, I am not oh. in the right shape for a podcast. I opened the windows and it's very pleasant and breezy, but also quite humid. Equator doesn't agree with my modern Equator. build, so humidity always gets me a little bit. Yeah, uh, I don't know. I mean, um, you know. Um, you know, beyond beyond VC, be, you know, beyond VCing, do you do you see anything? Uh, do you see anything else? Uh, you 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 said something about you know two and two or three more professional lives ahead of you. Would you ever consider not doing VC and doing something else in the future? Very much so. I don't really think of myself as a professional investor. I specialize in digital ecosystems. Uh, right now, the most reasonable, the most rational way to go about building those is by being an investor in those. There's plenty of other people who can build the companies and teams better in this region. But if, say, or rather when my attention shifts to uh, genomics and biotech, which is, I think, my big next future, who knows? Maybe at that stage, investor will be a much less interesting angle and building something or researching something might be much more interesting. So. That's the way I think. For me, being an investor is just a tool for the job. It's not an objective in and of itself. But for the moment, I'm quite enjoying the ride. So for the next 10 years, expect to see me around, perhaps not wearing full jacket and suit anymore. <laughs> you know what, what, what the Indonesian said about you back in the day? I you might be a to ask. Russian, oh. Russian spy. That's a normal joke across the region. From Hanoi to Manila, <laughs> I've been accused of nefarious connections. It's just that depending on the country, it's either connection to Russia's underworld or to the Russia's special services. And I keep trying to explain that it's one and the same, so people shouldn't really split hairs. But 
I don't think it was a joke though. But anyway, <laughs> I mean they're pretty they're pretty scared of of you, I guess. Uh, I don't know. <laughs> anyway, um, well, what can I say? So, Send them my way, and I'll have a conversation with them. <laughs> I am pretty sure I can be persuasive. Dude, Hollywood, Hollywood did the terrible job, you know. Um, um, yeah. But anyway, anyway, Santo is now, and you are in fun. Oh, you are in fun number two or fun number three, or this is the first uh, one that you deploy. It's a little bit confusing with us because we only put numbers on our, as we call them, main funds, which is to say, generalist series A funds that cover Southeast Asia. So we are into our mm -hmm. third fund. We are assembling it right now. Fund one is Vintage 11 and Fund two is Vintage 15. But on the side from that, we've built a couple of vertical funds. We've built a couple of company-specific vehicles for late-stage investment. So numbers pretty much stopped making any sense a while ago. But for simplicity, outside world, we say we're on our fund three. Mm. Right. Nothing yeah, as luxurious, are... obviously, as the corporate pools that you manage, my friend. But hey, one day we'll get there as well. Pro and cons, pro and pros and cons. Yeah. But either way, you know, if you, uh, if you know, I don't know if you uh, uh, read uh, uh, recent news about MDI. We, you know, we were launching a fund with Korea um, that MDI becoming a full fledged VC. You know, in the end, uh, that's, that's fund number nice. four. Very yeah, nice. So number, you've set up uh, a team that uh, can actually operate on its own. Very good. Yeah. Fund number three. Fund number three, I guess. Yeah. Fund number four is in the making, I guess. Um, but yeah, but that's the same aspirations that we have for uh, BRI Ventures as well. Yeah, I was following your publicity. It sounds like you're trying to, uh, if not marry the two entities, then at least make sure that all things BRI and all things MDI kind of follow the same swimming lane and collaborate where they can share DNA. So that's very nice vision, very collaborative of you. I have to compliment Indonesian ecosystem in that regard, or maybe just your ecosystem, that there is a lot more collaboration and friendly handshakes going on than in some other unnamed parts of the region where things are getting pretty uh, atomized. Good on you. Right. Right. But... You know, uh, when I visited Singapore, uh, CVCs, you know, um, you know, one or two um, uh, CVCs in a, back in the day, um, the the problem, you know, except for Singtel Innovate, I mean, the rest are lagging behind. You know, you should have, uh, you know, they should have uh, hired, you know, a, you know, a street VCs like ourselves, you know, to run their fun, you know. Um, no, but, but like better. Some have, um, some have, some have not. Frankly, I haven't kept up with the universe of CVCs in Singapore all that much. Uh, you know, CVCs in Thailand have been very good at absorbing, you know, um, organic venture teams and making them operate in a wider context. I think in Malaysia and Singapore, it's less of the case. It's always the folks from inside the organization mm -hmm. that eventually get thrown into the mix can't really comment on Vietnam and the Philippines. It's a bit early. Don't know why. Um, somehow it's always plays out slightly differently in each geography. You can never predict how it will shake out. Right. 
but what do you think now? I mean, apart from obviously your shop, uh, sounds like corporate VC money is retreating from Southeast Asia with a large, with a loud whoosh sound. Uh, too busy protecting motherships and all that. Do you see that as well? No, no, no. Actually, um, the way the way I look at you know the the in my experience, they are doubling down on the CVCs at least in Indonesia because uh, you know with with MDI you will hear very soon that they will announce another balance sheet fund you know mm-hmm. uh, out of the the parent uh, pocket. Okay. Because this is the time, especially during the COVID uh, crisis, where you diversify your business, right? And um, well, you know, in my case, I I manage a you know state-owned uh, enterprises fund, which is has always been a agent of development, you know, more or less to say. And their I, I guess their their main objective is to build the uh, the economy besides making profit of themselves. So um, at least from this, uh, you know, hearing that I been uh, uh, dealing with in the past uh, uh, few months, the CVCs, at least for the state, all doubling up. It's very good to hear because this is opposite. Are trying to, because in Indonesia's yeah, economy is... Yeah, I don't know about the private sectors though, but uh, but I guess you know, well they do some firefighting of their own, but um, but VC activities is kind of quite diversified in many ways, and uh, and the economy for Southeast Asia is digital. You know, the best thing that this uh, this this COVID crisis that ever you know gave us is the 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 speed up of the the digital transformation. You know. So I keep hearing, yeah, in some verticals is definitely the case. And I completely agree. This is now the time to invest. But nevertheless, folks who are mostly oriented towards European markets or US markets or even Japanese markets, they seem to be putting a lot of stuff in Southeast Asia on hold. So it's good that local corporates are picking up at least some slack. Well, we'll the, I mean, the, 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 the digital bank for BRI is is spike up in the past couple of months. You know, people are now adopting to digital banking more than going to branch. Um, no argument there. And this no is good. There. Yeah. 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 And, and because, you know, in Indonesians are pretty hard to, uh, to kind of uh, uh, shift their behavior into uh, digital banking, you know, back in the day, but now they're using wallet and whatnot. They're using, uh, um, they're using our, our apps for the first time and continuously repeatedly, keep using the 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 e wire transfer or whatnot you know so uh this is this is good for uh for fintech you know this is good for uh the 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 corporate transformation that we've been um <clears throat> we've been preaching in the past what five six years yeah so I that's think... a validation you know from this oh i've been thinking about this so anyway not good thing or not bad mm-hmm. thing that it takes a pandemic to get people to use our products. But hey, maybe it's just the fast forward on the timeline and we just got quote unquote lucky and we get to see what life would otherwise would be, would have been like in, 19, in 2035. Basically got a year, 10 years added to our life. 
Right. Or accelerate it into our life. Okay, so you see, it's impossible to have a nice personal conversation with me. Eventually, we end up immediately with the speed of digital adoption and um, levels of investment into the ecosystem. That's just terrible. I shall behave better next time around. <laughs> um, I think we possibly it has become a standard content. interview. It become a standard. Yes, I hope so.